Welcome to the Dwelling Place Church audio podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We pray God speaks to you today through this message and through His Word. For more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org. Now, it's time to listen to this week's message. Isaiah chapter 9, beginning in verse 6. For unto us, everybody say us. Christianity is not a me thing, it's a us thing. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I want to teach a simple message today titled, A Most Desired Gift. Will you say that with me? A most desired gift. Let me pray. Father, in heaven we thank you that you've revealed yourself on earth through Jesus. And Lord, we're grateful that now we can be confident of your goodwill towards us through Jesus. Lord, I thank you for each life that's here today. I thank you for your plan for them. I pray your kingdom would come and your will would be done in their life. I pray that we would encounter the shalom of God, that you are the God of shalom. You are the God of peace. Holy Spirit, make much of Jesus. I acknowledge my need of you unashamedly. Feel me and speak through me for the glory of Christ. His name we pray. Amen. Scriptures call God the God of peace. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. He is said to have preached peace to those that were near and those who were afar off. The new covenant is called a covenant of peace. The gospel is called a gospel of peace. A fruit of the Spirit is peace. The Lord is said to bless His people with peace. An effect of righteousness, of being in right standing with God, is said to be peace. Somebody say peace. Someone say peace in Jesus. Here in our text it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Our main text declares that this child is born to be king. That this child is born as king. That upon his shoulder, uh, the government of God would be. That upon his shoulder, the kingdom of God would be. 
His name, which is synonymous with saying His character, is the following, wonderful. Has anybody found the character of Jesus to be wonderful? Counselor. Anybody found Jesus to be a great counselor? A leader and instructor? Mighty God. Oh, is He mighty this morning. Everlasting Father. Anybody found when your father or your mother or a spouse has forsaken you that there's one that sticks closer than a brother? That we have an everlasting father and a prince of peace. Notice Isaiah prophesies hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before his coming and he says that there's going to be no end to the increase of his kingdom. There's going to be no stopping his kingdom. There's going to be no end to the peace of his kingdom. And how will this come about? This is the good news. The zeal of the Lord will perform this. Oh, isn't that good news that I don't have to perform it this morning? That we don't have to perform it this morning? That the Lord is so zealous for his kingdom to come and for his peace to come and for it to extend and increase that he has committed himself to perform it. This Christmas, millions of gifts, literally millions of gifts will be opened. And yet most will not unwrap a most desired gift. The gift of His peace. You know, people do desire peace. They truly do. Most just do not know where or how to receive it. And this is one of the reasons why Christmas has become what it is in our country. Overran with greed overran with ingratitude and unthankfulness and consumer debt because we have this desire for peace and yet so often we don't know where or how to receive it and therefore we look in all of the wrong places. Now don't get me wrong, there will be some nice gifts given. There will be some nice gifts received. I've already received some nice gifts. There will be some gifts received that you desire. There will be some gifts received that you uh, did not so much desire, especially maybe at a white elephant game or something. But many would trade in any and all the gifts they receive if they could actually have peace. I'm talking about peace of heart and soul this morning. In fact, I find it delightful the older I get and being able to get to know people that are even older than me and listen to their Christmas wish list and their desires and what is prevailing in their heart and mind is most desired Christmas gifts and I saw this and it sort of summarized what I'm saying here. Maybe they have it on the screen, but I saw this, my grown-up Christmas list. No more lives torn apart. That wars would never start. That time would heal all hurts. And everyone would have a friend. And right would always win. 
and love would never end. This is my grown-up Christmas list. I believe that captures what is the heart of so many. Christmas evening and the next day that once the initial excitement of the gifts are opened and received, there's still a longing. There's still a greater desire. There's still a most desired gift. That a gift desired called peace. Did you know the Hebrew word for peace in our main text of Scripture is shalom? It's found 237 times in the Old Testament Scriptures. It means wholeness. It's a holistic peace. It's one of harmony and one of wholeness. Maybe understanding what the opposite of it will help you understand what it entails. The opposite of it is the state of strife and war. It means to be at ease, to have a peaceableness about ourselves. You know, there will be people that will receive new vehicles and will drive them around and yet not be at ease. There will be parents who spent the average in America of $800 this Christmas in gifts and will still be without ease. There will be those who spent more than the average person and use credit cards and they will not be at ease. There will be wives with new diamonds and still be without ease. There will be families with presents stacked halfway up the tree and still not be at ease. There will be kids that will get so many gifts and yet none of those gifts guarantee is peace. There is a lot desired. There's a lot of good gifts we can desire. But a most desired gift is the peace of God. There are people who would give all the gifts back for the guarantee of having peace of soul. And the gospel is called good news for such a time as this, for such a reason as this. The shalom and the peace of God has come down. Jehovah Shalom, the God who reveals Himself as Jehovah Shalom, the Lord thy peace, has come down in the person of Jesus Christ our King. Jesus Christ came down to earth as God's plan to become our peace. His kingdom is said by Isaiah there in our passage in Isaiah 9 and by Paul in Romans 14, 17 to be a kingdom of peace. Look at it. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. Though we're going to have some good eating, at least where I'm going to be and hope where you're going to be as well. But the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, right standing with God our Creator, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Jesus has become our peace with God. Jesus has brought God's kingdom of peace down to earth. And the peace of Jesus is not found apart from Him, but it's found in Him. I want to teach four things regarding the peace of God today. Number one, the peace of Jesus is a peace that overcomes. Notice there in Isaiah 9 and verse 7, it says, Of the increase of His government and peace there will be no end. 
upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward even forever. Notice this kingdom, this kingdom of peace has been ordered and it will be established. But it will not just be established, it will be established fairly. That's good news. There's a lot of governments, there's a lot of countries that have sought to increase their governing authority and ability, their influence and their reign, and yet the way they bring increase is not fairly. But Jesus Christ in His kingdom, His kingdom of peace increases. It is multiplying and spreading across the globe consistently. It's spreading into the hearts of many and the homes of many and to the family lineage of many. And yet when it spreads and increases, it does it justly and fairly. It's pressing forward. It is overcoming more and more, but it's doing it fairly. It's doing it fairly. See, the peace of God can permeate a room. It's like, have you ever been in a room or walked into a place and you could sense the strife? You could sense the negative tension? It's like you could cut it with a butter knife. Well, likewise, the peace of God can permeate a room. You can walk into a place and have a sense of the peace of Almighty God can permeate a place. And Jesus Christ came to this earth for His peace to permeate the earth, to increase upon the earth. It's interesting though because though it is true the peace of God can permeate a room, permeate a place, I know of the greatest room we all desire it to permeate. It's called the room of our heart. Did you know the psalmist talked about the rooms of our belly? The intricate places within us, our inner workings of us being a human made in the image of God. The rooms of our bellies, he speaks of. And I want you to know that the good news is, is that the peace of God can permeate the rooms of our belly. That the peace of God that has come in the person of Jesus can fill us on the inside. Why? Because the rooms in our bellies ultimately becomes the rooms in our home. That the culture of our heart becomes a part of the culture outside of us. And this is the good news. That God first brings His governing and His kingdom and His peace on the inside of His humans on the inside of humanity, so then it can permeate on the outside of us. That we can have peace in the rooms of our bellies so that it can then permeate our relationships in the rooms of our homes. This is the good news of the gospel. And the good news is always to be proclaimed in the midst of contradicting evidence. You don't go into a a country that's filled with strife and war and just preach Jesus as healer. You stand right in the midst of the good news and you preach Jesus is peace. 
And I want to tell some people today that right in the midst of strife and unease of your heart and your soul and your relationships and the rooms of your home, that the gospel still is a greater declaration that there still is a heralding that's louder than the lies and the rumblings and anxieties within you, that Jesus is the shalom of God and he's given unto us. He's not just given to your neighbor and not just given to the person next to you, but he is given unto us, to every one of us. I'm telling you, the shalom of God in Jesus is here today for you and I. It's the good news of God. Remember, shalom is a holistic peace. It's one of harmony and wholeness, which is the opposite of the state of strife and war. It means to be at ease. Why is this important? Because so much on the outside is affected by what is going on on the inside. And I can be in difficult times. I can be in times of tribulation that are promised me as a follower of Jesus. And yet the peace of God in Jesus can keep an ease on the inside. So that the anxieties and the tribulation and the turmoil on the outside doesn't have to overflow me. That's why the prophet said, you're going to go through some floods and you're going to go through some fires, but you will not be overwhelmed. Why? Because God has sent Jesus as a shalom and the shalom of God is greater. I'm not greater. You're not greater. But the shalom of God, Jesus is greater. See, it's true that so much on the outside is affected by what's going on on the inside because Proverbs 17, 1 speaks to us. It speaks to many of our experiences of why we have anxieties regarding Christmas and this time of the year because of past memories and past moments and past experiences as we've gathered together with friends or family members. It says, better a dry crust of bread with peace and quiet than a house full of feasting with strife. Better is a dry morsel of bread with peace than a house full of feasting with strife. Listen to me. Having peace with others is not guaranteed if you have peace within yourself. But not having peace with others is guaranteed if you do not have peace within yourself. I'll say it again. Having peace with others is not guaranteed if you have peace within yourself. But not having peace with others is guaranteed if you do not have peace within yourself. And that's why the gospel first is a demand for each of us individually that the kingdom of peace would be allowed to invade the rooms of our belly and the rooms of our life and the inside of our hearts because we have to first get peace on the inside of us before we can then have some peace flow out of us seeking to be salt and influence to those around us. This is why Paul in Romans 12 and 18 tells us if it is possible. What that means is that there's times that it's not possible for what? If it is possible as much as depends on you, notice the focus, have salt, have peace within yourself. As much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. 
Sometimes it's not possible through the peace we carry because it's only possible with God doing something that only He can do in the hearts of the other person. But our role, regardless, is that we would allow His peace, His shalom, to be in our hearts in hope that that peace would flow out of us and begin to permeate the rooms of our home and the relationships in our life so that we might have peace with others as much as depends on us. And where it can't depend on us because, you know, the Bible says that a offending person is like the bars of a castle. Where it doesn't depend on us, we say, God, it's only dependable or it depends on you if there's going to be peace in this. See, listen, peace in the heart affects our words. And our words affect our relationships. So this is why you and I having an inward peace is foundational to having outward peace. Also, let me tell you why the peace is also foundational for us. Peace is also foundational regarding our good works. Did you know this? Look at James in 3 and 18. James 3, 18. Now the fruit of righteousness, that's saying that the effects, the outflow, the outcome of being in right standing with God. So the outflow or the effect of you being in right relationship with God, of being at peace with God, the fruit of that relationship with God through Jesus Christ is sown in peace by those who make peace. What is this saying? It's saying what Paul said in Ephesians 2.10, that when you are in Christ, you are created for good works, that He has prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. But notice how these good works are to be performed. They're not to be performed in angst. They're not to be performed in, in, in that mentality of, i got to make it happen. No, no, listen, we do our good works out of the peace of God. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace. You ever tried to win an argument with the, with the relative at Christmas? But you tried to win it with anger because they were angry? <laughs> it don't work, does it? Good works are to be done and sown in peace. That is the way peace is then made and created. I want to tell all of you in Christ that you are called, that you are anointed, that you are appointed, that you have good works, that these works God will use, whether you see it by your own eyes or hear it with your own ears, to influence the nations for the multiplication of the kingdom of God. But they're to be done with us first having peace in our soul, in our heart. They're not to be done out of this rushing and angst and make it happen and frenzy that so much of Christendom is about. But the kingdom of God is a kingdom of peace. This is how it overcomes. It's sown in peace. It overcomes resistance by not fighting resistance with the same fire. It's why we bless when we curse. 
It's in the midst of strife and anger and resistance that we, because we allow His shalom and His peace to be in us, we allow our good works and our good influence to be sown in peace towards others. So number one, the peace of Jesus is a peace that overcomes. Secondly, the peace of Jesus is a peace that surpasses. Everybody say surpasses. Notice in verse 7 there in Isaiah 9, it says, Of the increase of His government in peace, there will be no end. That means wherever it's at currently in your life and on the earth, it still surpasses that. God's still got more for you. He's still got more for your marriage. He's still got more for your relationships with your kids. He's still got more for this earth. That wherever the peace of God and the reign of God is, it doesn't end there. It surpasses there because there's no end to it. It's still moving forward. The peace of God is still moving forward and has more for us. You know what this means for you and I? It means the peace of Jesus surpasses even our current knowledge. The peace of God surpasses even your current understanding of things. The peace of God surpasses even your current season. The peace of God surpasses even where you're at currently spiritually and growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. The peace of God surpasses all of this. All of this. Because there's no end to it. Listen, it surpasses where your knowledge ends. How many of us have sought to find a sense of peace and what we know. The catch 22 of that is there's always something you don't know. There's always something you don't understand. There's always something that still is too mysterious or outside of your hands to influence. And the peace of God surpasses all of that. If it didn't, we would have to become God in order to have peace. But that's why God sent Jesus so that we could experience His peace and we don't have to be God. We don't have to know it all, understand it all. And in order to experience His peace, we can experience His peace right now wherever we're at. Hallelujah. It surpasses. Understanding does not guarantee peace. How many of us at times say, well, if I just understood why my child act this way or why this person treats me that way or why I'm going through this and I would have peace. No, 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 listen. The peace of God surpasses all that. It's not dependent on things on the outside. It's dependent on what God's already done through Jesus. It's already here. It's already came. The shalom of God, the kingdom of peace is already at hand. See, the truth of the matter is there are people way smarter than me but still have no peace. There are people way smarter than us, maybe combined. (laughs) And yet they don't have no peace. See, the truth of the matter is is the realm of knowledge alone will actually create more insecurities. The deeper you seek to swim and get into the realm of knowledge and learning, 
will actually create more insecurities because the more you truly know and learn, the more you actually realize how much you don't know and need to learn. It becomes a trap. It becomes a trap of thinking, I need to know more in order to have a peace. It will actually create more insecurities and it creates more pride because pride is basically the same as insecurity. It's just a different face of it. It will create more fear when we seek to find peace in the realm of knowledge. See, it's the realm of faith and trust in His care, however, that causes more peace. Listen, it's not the more you know things that causes more peace. It's the more you know the one true God in Jesus Christ He sent that causes more peace to prevail in our life. I remember when I was in Bible college, I met with one of the professors. He retired not long after this, but he was a... a a spiritual, a deliverance counselor. And I, I met with him because it was the time in life that I was going through just constant, constant assaults with, with oppression and, and demons and not just natural things. And as I met with him, he told me, he said, Chad, I, I discern and sense a spirit of insecurity. And I thought about that because... That spirit of insecurity of, uh, created this sense that until I understand it all and know it all, and at the time I was also ministering to some Muslims in Malaysia and dealing with what Muslims believe and the Quran taught and all of this. and That sense of insecurity that robs you from peace it can begin to drive you to just learn more, learn more, and learn more. And so much in that season of my reading, 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 and trying to learn, 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 was trying to find a peace that cannot be earned, a peace that cannot be learned, but a peace that has already came in the person of Jesus and must be submitted and surrendered and yielded to. How much of us trying to earn more this year, accomplish more this year, achieve more this year, is coming actually out of a spirit of insecurity thinking that when I finally get more, I'll get the peace. When it will actually just create more insecurities, fear, and pride because the peace we're looking for has already came. It's already at hand. His name is Jesus, the shalom of God. See, this is what Peter says in 2 Peter 1 and 2. He says, grace and peace be multiplied to you. Woo! That sounds good. The empowerment of God multiplied upon your life? The peace of God multiplied on your life? How is that going to happen? Watch this. In the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Listen, peace is multiplied in the knowledge of Him, not just in more knowledge alone. Peace is not multiplied to you in the mere knowledge of Scripture, neither. But it's in the knowledge of Him in the Scriptures. 
Because the Scriptures testify of Him. I know a lot of people who seek to devour and learn more. and Now I've got to learn Hebrew and Greek because this spirit of insecurity that they think they got to what? Get more knowledge in order to obtain this sense of shalom, being at ease and at peace. Relax with your relationship with God and who you are in Christ, who He made you. No, no, no. Peace is found in the knowledge of Him, Jesus, in Scripture. Not just in Scripture alone. The devil knows Scripture. He quoted it to Jesus. But the wicked know no peace. So His peace surpasses our our current understanding. There's no end to His peace. There's no end to where His peace can reign and can come on the inside of you. Someone say surpasses. That's good news, isn't it? So number one, the peace of Jesus is a peace that overcomes. Number two, the peace of Jesus is a peace that surpasses. And number three, the peace of Jesus is a peace that is given. It's given. Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The son's not earned. The kingdom is not earned. It's not worked for. It's not achieved. It's not mustered up. Why do we muster stuff up anyway? I I normally catch up everything up. You know what I'm saying? Catch up on my rice, on my potatoes, on my roast. But we muster, muster things up. You can't muster this peace up. It is given through the child king who grew and died and rose again for you and I. The shalom, the reign of God and the kingdom of peace is given unto us in Jesus. It's given in the knowledge of Him. It's given in the understanding of what He's accomplished through His death, burial, and resurrection. What that His work has achieved for you. It's given in the salvation provided by and through Jesus Christ alone. There's no other name. There's no other way. There's no other religion. It doesn't matter how sincere they are, how good they are. There is no other way than the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the King of the kingdom of God and the Prince of Peace. It's given in the knowledge of Him, received and revealed in Scripture. Listen, it's not given the way the Greeks and the majority of the Jews sought it. The Greeks sought peace and wholeness and knowledge and studying and knowledge. The Jews sought this peace through the supernatural and miracles. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, is in their presence, but they don't have peace because they say, I need you to do a miracle. No, 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 listen. It comes through the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Both to Greeks and to Jews and to many foolishness, but to us it's the salvation, it is the shalom of God to our insecurities, to our angst, to our anxieties, 
It's the peace of God that surpasses all understanding and is given to us through Jesus Christ alone. Does anybody know that peace this morning? Does anybody know the peace found in Jesus and Jesus alone? In 2 Thessalonians 3.16, Paul, praying for the church in Thessalonica, it's my prayer for you today, says, Now may the Lord of peace Himself give you peace, watch this, in every way. See, I don't know all that you're facing today. But I know the shalom of God is available for you through Jesus. But you receiving what God has given and delights for you to experience can come in many ways. It can come as you seek God in prayer. You receive the peace of God. It can come to you as you seek to know Jesus in Scripture, as Pastor Craig mentioned, a Bible reading plan starting in January. Read through the Bible in one year. It can come to you through a message or as someone preaches and teaches Jesus as the Prince of Peace is revealed to you. Listen, there are many ways the peace can come to you, but it's always and only found in Jesus. Peace can come to you as you sit in this gathering. You haven't felt the peace of God in months because of what's happening outside these walls. The peace of God can come in many ways. Just never forget, it's the peace of Jesus regardless of the way and method it comes to you. Jesus in John 14 and 27, the context is His final moments with His disciples, with those closest to Him who are now called apostles, sent ones and He tells them, tribulation you will have. Tribulation will come. Difficulties will be upon this earth. But he says in the midst of it, in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Notice it says, don't let your life be troubled. Because there's some trouble in life. He just says, I leave you a peace that can keep your heart from not being troubled even though you're in the midst of trouble. That you can actually have a heart at ease even though things ain't going easy. And we can't achieve it. We can't earn it. We don't deserve it. It is given, and because it's given, it must be received by faith in Jesus Christ. He says, my peace I leave with you, I give to you, and it's not as the world gives. Ain't that good? It's not shrewd. It's not on worldly terms. So the peace of Jesus is a peace that overcomes. It's a peace that is surpassing. It's a peace that is given. And lastly, number four, the peace of Jesus is a peace that must be protected. Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. This peace, this kingdom of peace is attached to the coming of a child. 
Well, like a child, a child must be protected. A child must be guarded. And when you receive the peace of God in the person of Jesus and you receive peace with Him through accepting His provision and the work of Jesus Christ for you, for the forgiveness of of your sins, for the forgetting of your past failures and mistakes, for the reconciling and the restoring of your relationship with your Creator, when you receive this peace that is given in the person of Jesus Christ, it then, like a child, must be protected. It must be guarded. How is it guarded? Well, listen, first it's guarded by your faithful obedience to what He speaks to you. Did you know that your obedience is not a work, it's the fruit of your faith and trust in Him who asked you to do it. So your faithful obedience is the fact that you have faith and trust in His goodness and His care for you. And so in your faithful obedience, you protect the peace that He's given you in Christ on the inside of you. You want to lose the awareness of the peace that's been given to you in Christ? Then don't trust what it is He's asking you to do. Don't be faithful in season and out of season of what He's asked you to do, what He's spoken and revealed to you. Listen, we protect the peace we are given in salvation as we are governed by Him, the Prince of Peace. Listen, you can't keep experiencing the peace of God while resisting the governing of the Prince of Peace upon your life. See, that's where in America we get confused because we have ways of the world where I can get things even though I really can't pay for it. They'll give us credit. So we found ways in our culture to get things outside of the natural and healthy way to get it. But the peace of God don't work that way. You can't get the peace of God in an unhealthy way. You keep experiencing the peace of God as you allow the Prince of Peace to govern your life. And as you surrender to Him and trust Him, the peace of God continues to permeate rooms on the inside of your life even though there's trouble and difficulty and tribulation in the world around us. Do you know as believers, it's not that we don't go through things that unbelievers don't go through. It's that we have access to the kingdom of God and a kingdom of peace to receive peace even in the midst of what an unbeliever goes through. That is the distinguishing mark upon us and that is what is to make us attracted attractive one of the ways to those who know and have no peace listen it's very difficult to relate with unbelievers if Jesus left us here and we just floated around 
with the light and glory of God around us and halos and people could see 12 angels around us and our feet were glowing with bronze and we did like this and just miracles happened. It's a whole nother thing to go through the same similar trials and difficulties as an unbeliever, yet in the midst of it, have a peace that we can't achieve or earn, but it's given by faith. Therefore, it's got to be received by faith, and that sets us apart. Now, because we have peace within ourselves, our words and what we say have salt on it. Now, here's the amazing thing. This doesn't just attract today in our country unbelievers. Let me tell you who it also attracts. Believers who are lost in the wilderness. Believers who don't know the experience of the reign of, and the governing of the Prince of Peace upon their life. Who are believers and have peace with God, but their life is filled with strife filled with a live sense of being incomplete and something missing and something lacking, it becomes attractional to the millions of people that sit in seats week after week but are not knowing how or allowing the Prince of Peace to actually govern their life. And why is that? Well, because it's hard to trust someone you don't know. So you got to spend time with the Prince of Peace to learn more about Him. And the more you learn about Him, you find that the other names of His character are true, that He's wonderful, that He's a perfect counselor, that He knows what He's doing in our life, that He can be trusted, that He can be followed. And the peace of God, the shalom of God, continues to permeate on the inside of us. Peace. What a beautiful sounding word in the world we live in, is it not? Paul in Philippians 4 and verse 6, Maddie, if you'll come, says, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate, think about, rehearse to yourself, speak over and over to you these things. Wow. Paul tells the church in Philippi, he says, listen, the peace of God that can't be earned but is given, therefore it can only be received by faith in Jesus, the Prince of Peace, this peace will guard your heart and mind. He uses actually sports analogy there. He says this peace will be like an umpire letting you know whether that's outside and off the plate and a strike for your life or whether it's a fastball or curveball over the plate but it's of God even if it looks like a curveball. 
peace of God will guard your heart and mind. And he says, therefore, because the peace of God will guard your heart and mind, watch this, then therefore you guard your mind on the outside from thoughts that don't line up with the following. He says, the peace of God will guard your heart and mind on the inside, and because of that, you then guard your mind from things that will seek to get into your mind and heart from the outside. How do you do it? By thinking and meditating on these things. What things? True things. True things found in God's Word. Noble things. Just things. Pure things. Lovely things. A good report. And you know what's interesting about a good report? As we find in God's lessons through the nation of Israel, that this is why he doesn't just say true things. Because you can have true things and they'll not meet the rest of the criteria and be a good report. Some of you got bad report. It's true what's going on in your family. It's true what's going on in your body. It's true what's going on in your life. It's true circumstances, but it's not a good report. So you, if you want the peace of God that you have received by faith in Jesus to permeate the rooms on the inside of you, you have to guard your mind from thinking upon those things even though they're true, but they're not a good report. Let me give you an example. God, or Moses, sends 12 spies to go look at the promised land that God says He has for them. They come back and 10 of them report what's there. It's true. They're giants. It is a good land, but the cities are fortified. That's true. But it's not a good report because they said, we cannot defeat them. And God called it an evil report. True, but an evil report. And the people that dwelled on it, listen, they died in the wilderness. But there were two that said it's true, but it don't fit the criteria of being a good report. So I'm going to believe the report of the Lord who said that He's going to give me the land. He's going to give me the promise. He's got to take me in to what in the reasons He brought me out. And guess what? They went in. Listen, there's a lot your mind can think upon. But you got to guard the peace of God that you've received by faith in Christ by thinking upon these things. This is the filter. This is, notice, the government shall be upon the Prince of Peace's shoulder. Well, guess what's above that shoulder? His head. Guess what's above your shoulder? Your head. If you want the Prince of Peace and His peace to reign in the experience as you shoulder the cares of life, and shoulder the responsibilities of life and shoulder having children and marriage and work and job. If you want to have the peace of God as you shoulder all these things, then you have to be aware of what's above the shoulder and what is thinking and going on in your mind. In your mind. This is why Paul in Romans 8 and 5 said, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. 
to be carnally minded, to be worldly minded, to be fleshly minded, to be focused on what only you can do, to be focused only on your ability, to be focused on flesh and our own humanity is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. There's two ways to live, friend. Fleshly or spiritually. And you can be a believer and still live fleshly. But our mind has to become submitted to the spiritual things of God. Listen, it's got to be submitted to biblical spirituality instead of allowing the mind to be submitted to the senses. That's, listen, that's how the world lives. The world can only achieve knowledge in order to make decisions and figure things out based on their five senses. We as believers have more than five senses. We now have a spirit that is regenerated, recreated in union with Jesus Christ. We have now has a spirit that's made alive to God and we got a sixth sense called spirituality. The spirit. And our mind has to submit to the spirituality, not just to the senses. Listen, my senses lie all the time. And even when they tell the truth of me what's going on, they won't then conclude the truth of what's going on in my circumstance in life with a good report. Listen, demons in the ways of the world will speak to the mind. But listen, the Lord speaks to your heart. Demons in this world will speak to your mind. That's why the mind's got to be guarded. But the Lord doesn't create all that confusion. He speaks peace to our heart. Isaiah 26 and 3, that's why Isaiah goes on after Isaiah 9, and you know what he says? You will keep him in perfect shalom. Perfect peace. How? Whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. I often think, and I know this might sound a little weird to some of you, but I often think about the martyrs. I often think about the apostles. And I often think about those who, their last moments on this strife and evil empowered world. As they were pouring out their life in their service of Jesus, how they had peace. I often think, if I was hanging upside down on a cross, how in the could I have the most desired gift in that moment? And I think about that because the difficulties in my life are, in my mind, not to that type of difficulty yet. And it's sort of like that Hebrews 11, the people of faith, how they sort of encourage us to run our race. And I find encouragement that a polycarp, as he's being lit on fire, he's singing praises to God. And his peace so disturbs the animosity in others that they didn't want to hear it anymore. So they gave up on the fire trying to kill him and they thrust him through with a spear. And I tell you how, it's this right here. These brothers and sisters made a choice like you and I have to make a choice. That They made a choice to live in biblical spirituality of getting 
their mind discipline to stay thinking about the Prince of Peace. Can I tell you, in the midst of what you're going to experience as you sit around the Christmas table or go to, you know, vacations, visit family and friends, that by the power of God's Spirit in your inner man, your spirit, you can guard your mind and have your mind stayed on the Lord. That you can have an experience of the reign of the Prince of Peace even in the midst of there being unrest around you. And listen, that will speak louder than any convincing argument and word you could ever write down and give to the family or to friends. The mind stayed on the Lord, not the problem. Why? Because remember, our peace is in Him, not outside of Him. A mind stayed on the Lord is seen by Scripture as the fruit of our trust in Him. When I trust Him, I do what? I think about Him. When I trust Him, I think about what He's promised and said before I found myself in what I'm going through. There is no peace without trust. There is no trust without faith. There is no faith without spending time with Him. So get to know the Prince of Peace. Spend time alone with Him. Talk to Him. Read about Him. Praise Him. Listen to Him. Do with Him what no one else can do for you. Just be with Him alone. As 1 Peter 5, 6, as the band comes, says, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Can I tell all of us today that anxieties wane in the acceptance of His sincere care for you? That as we accept by faith, not by senses, that He cares for us as revealed to us through Jesus, the Prince of Peace, that anxieties begin to dissipate. We don't know His care just because of our past experiences. We know His care because of faith. In Jesus the care of his timing for things the care that he cares about all that we care about that he cares about all that we're anxious about that he cares about all that we care about regarding in 2019 what our hands are to accomplish what our hands can accomplish what our hands desire to accomplish that He cares about all of that so that we can cast all our cares upon Him because His care is greater than all the cares we carry. Dr. Luke in Luke 12, 32, he records the words of the Prince of Peace and he says, Do not fear, little flock, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Very interesting. Notice fear and the anxieties of Luke 12 are said to be connected to the theme of the Father's good pleasure. What does that mean? The more you know the Father's heart and the more you know what delights the Father, what is called His good pleasure, the more you know that it's His good pleasure to give you the shalom, the peace of God, then the more fear 
and anxieties began to dissipate. That's why the Apostle John put it this way, that the perfect love of God cast out all fear. So the key is we got to know Him. But to know Him, what is, guess what that means? He's got to lead us. And when He leads us, He doesn't lead us where we want. He leads us where we, He knows we need to encounter Him. Can you trust His care and His leading today for you? Can you trust that it's the Father's good pleasure to give you peace? you don't have to wait for peace that you can have peace in the soul even though there's not peaceful situations around you for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father prince of peace of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from this time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Can you leave here today confident that God's zealous to perform the increase of his shalom and peace in your life? That the Lord is zealous to reveal more of His care to you this Christmas and this new year. That our confidence is in the knowledge we have of His care. It's not found in our ability. It's the Father's good pleasure to perform and establish, listen, what He's ordered for you. What He has prescribed over your life is His shalom and His peace. The reign of His peace upon your soul. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you would like more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org.